Hey besties, I'm Callan. I'm Rachel. And we made a podcast so we can talk about books to people. Because we don't have any other friends. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have no other friends, you're in the right place. (laughs) We are paperback besties, but hardcover readers are welcome. Yes, always. This week, we're going to talk about our top four favorite books. Not three, not five. Not five. Four. Specifically. (laughs) How do you rate books? I, when I finish a book, I go purely on vibes and then I sleep on it and adjust my rating. I love that. I like instinctively, I'm like, that was great or that was terrible. And I give it a rating and then I depend. And then if I'm like the next morning, I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, no, that was a five star book. But I have like parameters for what each star means. Yes. Same. Same. Three stars is like, it was okay. Mm -hmm. It It was a good, it was all right. Four is like, that was pretty good. I liked it. Five is like, this is my... This is one of my favorite books of all time. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. Yes. Two is like, mm, it wasn't good. And a one-star book was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Three is same thing. It's mid. It's like, okay, that was fine. I finished it. Would I recommend to a friend? I don't know. Would I read it again? Probably not. Four stars is that was great. Was lacking something, but mm-hmm. it was good. It was great. And then five is just like, I had everything I want in a book. Was amazing. Love it. It's very hard for me to give mystery or thrillers five stars because for that one, I have to not guess the twist. Or if I do guess it, it has to be like right before it happens. And honestly, that doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. So most of my mystery and thrillers are four stars. But when it does happen, it's very memorable. Two is just I didn't like that. If One is did not finish. I didn't finish it. So I have no one-star reviews that I've finished before. I finish everything. Good for I, you. I It's not. It's not. It's a waste of my life. I have a problem. <laughs> life is too short to read bad books. And I, here I am. I have a problem in that I, I get like the sunken cost and I'm like, well, somebody wrote this and they published it and they worked really hard on it. So I'm going to finish it. But then I'm still going to just rate it one star on Goodreads. And then I feel guilty about it. I do not write reviews. Maybe I should, especially if I really love something. Because here we are like essentially writing a review. I would never write a negative review, I think. Because I feel bad. Yeah. Clearly this author like put their time and effort into writing this book. And they think it's great, and their publishers think it's great, and it probably has an audience that thinks it's great. Just because it wasn't for me doesn't mean I'm going to be like, this book was terrible. No, I'm just going to be like, no, thank you. Just read a book, and I didn't even like it, and I gave it no stars at all. Like, I just <laughs> didn't rate it at all. I was like, I'm rather than, because it it's a book that people really love, and I was like, I don't like it, so I just didn't rate it at all. If people really love it, I'm more inclined to give it a one star. <laughs> <laughs> I like to know that there's people out there like me who are the minority. And they feel welcome in this space, too. And they're not just like, I loved it. I can think of many 4.5 stars on Goodreads or higher that I was just like, not for me. I think I'm more inclined to round 0.5 stars unless it's going into a 5 star. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, if it's a 3.5, I'm going to give you a 4. I think most of my 4s are 3.5s. Yeah. I feel like most of, like, 90% of my books, and obviously because I know what I like and I know what I want to read, most of my books are, like, three and a half to four stars, and I pretty much give almost everything four stars now. Like, the mm-hmm. one I'm reading right now is probably going to be a four-star read, although I haven't finished it yet, so who's to say? What are you reading Could... right now? Currently, I am reading um, Murder Your Employer. Oh. And it's pretty fun. 
I do read a lot. Funnily enough, I read a lot at work, and I cannot read this book at work <laughs> because <No. laughs> of what it's called. <laughs> but I do have it on my phone, on Kindle. Do you want to know something that I have to admit? Hmm. I haven't read a book in like since we reread Addie. That's okay. And here I am. That's okay. <laughs> it's one of those seasons, so That's, I'll yeah, get back I mean, into I... it. Talking about all these all the stuff, all the podcasts that we want to talk about, everything, it makes me want to reread books more. Like, I want to reread more books now. Mm-hmm. But I have a massive TBR shelf. We'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> I love to reread things. Yes. I think that it, it's, like, comforting to, to read something that you already, like, know what's going to happen, even if it's, like, still going to be, like, a <gasps> or whatever. Like, you're still going to be, like, into it, and it's going to be a twist or whatever. It's, like, still comforting to, to know, like, to sort of jump back into characters and, like, a world that you already love. Yeah, especially preparing for this episode. It just made me want to reread. I, I haven't reread many books. I reread Addie, of course. I've reread Harry Potter. Same. It just goes without saying. In fact, this whole episode where we're talking about our favorite books, Harry Potter is our favorite. But Correct. this is other books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I could go on about Harry Potter for six hours and nobody wants to hear that. So we'll, well, you we'll will one day. To... We'll give you that platform yeah. one day. <laughs> we'll cut it to like 45 minutes and then I can talk about it. We'll make <laughs> no. it in a, it'll be like a mini series. It'll do it up in parts. <laughs> we just redid our deck, right? And we got all of this beautiful porch furniture and I was really excited about it and all of these spaces where I was going to go outside and read. I have never, I've never gone outside to read my book. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been 90 degrees, so. This is true. Yeah. It's been ridiculous. Every time that I'm looking for a house on Zillow, I'm like, oh, where can I read? How would my library look in there? Oh, that's a nice green and porch. That's a vibe to read. Yeah. I think this is going to get me back into reading though, but it may or may not be a reread. I think Rereading stuff is the best way to break out of a slump, though. I think that's what I need to do. Even yeah. though when I went to Barnes & Noble with you and I bought six books, I haven't read one of them. So, Mur- <laughs> No. I, I was going to say, did I buy Murder, Your Employer? No, I, that was one of the ones I already had. So I, I bought three, and I don't think I've read them yet either. Well, they're sitting on the shelf waiting for me to talk about them in the TBR episode. So There you go. <laughs> but now I will talk about the books that I'm thinking of rereading because of this episode. What is on your list? What's your top four or five stars? I'll just start with the one that I wanted to, and this is in no order. They're all kind of different genres. The one that I wanted to reread the most was actually the one that I read most recently out of all of these, and that would be Ninth House. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, you just read it for the first time recently. Yes. Yeah, a few months ago, and a lot has happened since, so I don't know how well I remember that, but yes. And it was sitting on your shelf for a long time. It has been sitting on my shelf, oh my gosh, since 2021, probably. But you know what? I read Ninth House for the first... It was on my shelf for a long time. I read it for the first time, and then the second one, Hellbent, came out eight months after I finished the book, so I think you read it at a good time. I 100% did. I read it, I think, after Hellbent was released. Yeah. And I think I actually picked up Ninth House maybe a year or two ago. I just brought it upstairs to read before I um, went to bed at night, and then I just fell asleep, and I was just like, eh, not in the mood for this one right now, and I just put it back on my shelf, as I do. The second one, it took, what, four years? It was it was so long. We're not doing that again, Lee. No. Lee, get it together. Where is the third one? Yes. I just think that this book was just so well thought out. I realized after going through my list, I love a dual timeline. Okay. It just adds to the story for me, especially how... It kind of was from Alex's point of view and then Darlington's point of view in one part. 
I just, again, magical realism. There's Yale. That could happen. There, there are secret societies in Yale. I think she said that in her interview. Mm-hmm. Do they do what they do here? No. Maybe know. they we do, actually. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. It all could be a cover-up. But again, it could happen. The second one, I don't know. It's less likely. <laughs> less likely. <laughs> but this one, I mean, you know, she sees ghosts. Ghosts come through her, and she just ends up at Yale. And in this, this Dante-Virgil kind of relationship and job basically and I love that for her I think she's a great character I think she's super strong and I just like in this book I think all the character relationships were done very well between her and Dawes her and Darlington her and even Detective Turner I think everybody has a good relationship here and it's just not like superficial it's well thought out and it's just well really well done I agree with that 100% and I also feel like everybody is really well written like everybody has their own stuff like one of the things that i really don't like about certain books or just like in general if if characters all sort of talk the same or they all have the same voice unless you're reading the words like so and so said you're like who's talking yes or who's in the room yeah and i don't think that in ninth house anybody's like that i think they're all very distinct very different you can tell like based on their tone based on like who the overall vibe of the person on the page it's like everybody's really different also yeah. love how Alex's name is Galaxy. Yes. I forgot about that until I just picked it up the other day. And I was like, oh my god, that just makes her so much better. Yeah. I also love how, kind of going off of what you just said, I, I love the trope of kind of different backgrounds, kind of opposites. And I think between Alex and Darlington, or Alex and anyone in this situation really, but mainly those two, I think they just have such different backgrounds, but they have all of their own things going on, and you know that because she describes them so well. Mm -hmm. But I think that just helps their dynamic Mm -hmm. a lot. Ninth House, I I love. It's a five-star book for me. It does, now that we're describing it, remind me a lot of The Atlas Six, which is not... It's not on my list, and I actually think that's one of my favorite books, because if I'm thinking about books that I think about a lot and, like, miss, I feel like The Atlas Six is on that list. There you go. It's very, like, everybody's very different, very, like, from extremely different backgrounds, but it's also sort of dual timeline, especially the first one, where you kind of, like, are getting, like, almost like an Avengers origin thing, where, like, everybody comes from different places, and, like, we learn about, like, how they were recruited into this group. I don't know, it's really very academia vibes, very magical realism. The whole thing is sort of taking place in this building that's sort of like an alternate dimension, because you don't really know where it is, and, like, there's, like, wards that are sort of cerebral that you have to protect, and it's, like, very spooky and cool. And not on my list, but I'm going to add it. I'm going to replace one of the ones on my list. That's on my list now. Perfect. I miss it. I, like, miss being in that group of, like, people in the same way that I miss, like, reading about Darlington. Because I love Darlington. (laughs) I I feel like my my shtick is going to be just, like, I love the boys in books, but I don't always. I just, like, (laughs) there's just, like, two or three that we're just talking about right off the bat that I'm like, no, I love him. (laughs) I like when there's chaos in relationships. I like when there's dark men, but, like, I have a very happy marriage. (laughs) People are going to be like, is she okay? (laughs) All of these on my list, how am I going to pick mine? What books do I think about every day? Mm -hmm. And Ninth House is one of them, and I might reread it. I don't know. Go for it. Yeah. I read in last year. Was it last year? Yeah. And my little Goodreads wrapped. Um, I read uh, The Last Graduate by Naomi Novik twice. <laughs> Love I mean, that. Well, it. of course. Uh, yeah. 
that that whole series, the Deadly Education series, is incredible to me. And I, I know that you didn't read it, all of it, and that's okay. I'm not offended. It is my favorite series that is not Harry Potter. This is the number one book that I'm like, I miss them. Like, it is an ensemble cast of a bunch of characters, and I, like, know what's going to happen to them. I, like, know what their little hangout paragraphs look like. I want to, like, hang out with these people. Like, I want to, like, see what they're up to, even though it's the same thing that I know. I don't know. I miss being in that world a lot. And I'm not going to spoil anything in case any of our listeners want to read this series, but it yes, is an incredible no series that the, they each lead off in a point where you're like, oh my God, and you have to read the next book. And they each have their own specific moments that just make me sob every single time I read it in like a good way, even though it's very sad. I think it's... you need to warn people about what you went through between books two and three. <gasps> yes. Well, even books one and two, but I think number two was out like right when I read number one. I don't know how far apart they came out. Maybe, like, two years in between each book, but, like, don't quote me on that. But I found the first book, like, right before the second one came out. And it leads off on a really big cliffhanger. And then I went on Barnes & Noble or whatever and found out that the next one either had just come out or was just coming out. So it was easy to get the second book. That one left off on an even worse cliffhanger because now I'm attached to these characters over two books. And the third book was not coming out for, like, eight months. And I... And my husband were reading it at the same time, or, like, I was reading it, he had just read the first one, and I was finishing the second one. He was, like, on headset, like, on playing video games with his friends, and I'm sitting across from him on the couch, and I was trying not to freak out, because he's gonna read this book, like, tomorrow, you know? And I was losing my freaking mind, because it's just a big cliffhanger, and I couldn't do anything for eight months about it, and I was, like, screaming. And he had to, like, pause, and he was like, are you dead? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) You okay? (laughs) It was terrible, but it was great. It was incredible. That... The Last Graduate is probably my top three book of all time. Like, that isn't Harry Potter. I feel like just this whole episode is like asterisk. That, that isn't is, yeah. Harry Potter. I loved it so much and it traumatized me. And then it le- it left me um, like scarred and I can't read a series that isn't completed yet because mm-hmm. I'm really sick of waiting for books to come out. <laughs> like Hellbent. Like where's the third one? Yeah, where where is the third one? I mean, I know Hellbent was just released, but... I need to make sure that it, the third one is a top priority. Yeah. That's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. I have never read a book as animated as you have. I I don't think I'm externally as animated as I feel. One book left me that way. What is that? Me Before You. I haven't read that one. Oh my god. It's on my list. <laughs> you have to. It is so good. It's thought-provoking. And it's just, it hit me right in the heart and soul. And I actually think I just closed the book and I think I stared at a wall. Yeah. Um, it just hit me right in the feels. And I, I actually, I do think about that one daily. I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Because that, that's on my little Libby list. I'm I think gonna get you need to, I think you need to grab it. Okay. Grab it next. I guess that is why. Dead, Deadly Education series is on this list because that's my most animated read I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt it in my soul well also it has everything you like in a book yeah magic magic schools witches sort of dark mm. academia dark academia death <laughs> do you ever like read a scary book and then you're like about to go to sleep watch thing yes. like positive before I go to sleep because yes. I'm scared now <laughs> or if I'm listening to like a true crime podcast I can't do it after like 5 o'clock what is next on your list of your top your top books? Well, I've already talked about Ninth House. I've talked about Me Before You. Um, next, I'll go into 
The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. It is a historical fiction, and I think it is absolutely fantastic. I read two of her books. I also read The Huntress. I, I think The Huntress was great. I also gave that one five stars. That one got a little slow in the middle, but The Rose Code just kept me on the edge of my seat. Like, I couldn't wait to get home to read it. Same thing, I loved all the characters. Everyone had a different voice. Everyone was very well done, but it's loosely based. I mean, it's the same concept as The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch. It's based on the code breakers of like Bletchley Park. I should have Googled how to say that to see if I'm saying that right. Two different timelines. Um, it's a very real setting. Some characters are completely fiction. Some are loosely based off of someone real. They're even loosely based. Like no one's like an actual person. Just the setting so real and it just makes everyone feel like they actually are. And I love this book. I don't know why I've saved this for like third on this list because this is my favorite book of all time and it is The 10,000 Doors of January. <laughs> Alicia Harrow has written at least two novels that I have given five stars to and if there's a third one I can't remember what it is. There's a third one coming out in October. I love it. It is a truly beautiful story. Like it is very beautifully written. It is fantasy but it is um, sort of historical fiction fantasy because it takes place in like the 1800s. Um, it's very like treasure hunty. It's very magical. Um, it's very, like, does sort of feel like it could be real because you don't really know that it's not. Like, essentially the premise is that there are these magical doors in the world that go to different places and this girl January's father goes to through those doors essentially to, like, get treasure for this, like, benefactor rich guy who has, like, a... He's giving Colonel Mustard and he has, like, a collection of, like, stuff from various different yes, places. yes. And then you find out all this stuff about him and his he's just part of a society and it's a whole thing and it's very, very beautifully, beautifully written. This also has my favorite trope in it of the book Could Exist in the World. Yes. This is the first book I read that had that trope in it and it shook me to my core. Incredible. Also, it's stunning. I don't know who did the, the I cover do love the cover. This is her debut. I don't even know that. This is her first novel. Good for her. It's I incredible. love when that happens. It gives me hope that I can just put something amazing out there in the world one day. Yeah, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Like an amazing podcast with your best friend Rachel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is my, this is my favorite book of all time and it, I've also like sent this picture of the book to a tattoo artist and been like I want this. <laughs> I don't know. The concept of, like, being able to, like, walk in the woods and find a door that goes somewhere else, like, capital E, else, is just so magical. Like, that's what I love in a book. Like, that yeah. plot point, but also, like, the concept of being able to just, like, go somewhere magical, like, out of nowhere. Escapism. Escape. Yes. There you go. Good word. <laughs> Escape this daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Because taxes. Yes. All that fun stuff. Escapism. Well, that's why when trying times, a great rom-com is mm -hmm. something good to read. That's easy. If times are hard, I don't have the energy to go into a whole new world. I don't know. It's weird. It's like sometimes it's like I want to get out of this world so badly I read a fantasy, but sometimes I'm too mentally exhausted to create another world in my head that I have to go to rom-com. Yeah. And that would be Emily Henry. Yes. Yes. I think I started reading Emily Henry because of you. Really? I think so. Oh. Like, I think I, I read People Will Meet on Vacation because of you. Yeah. And then it, I became part of the Emily Henry universe. I don't remember the People We Meet on Vacation or Beach Read as well as I remember Book Lovers. And granted, Book Lovers is the one I read most recently. I have Happy Place. I haven't read it yet. But Book Lovers just sticks with me because of Nora. 
mm-hmm. because she is the main character of my dreams. And maybe it's a little selfish, but Nora is me, and I'm represented in a book. I don't know about it physically. I don't know if we look alike. I don't remember how she was described, but we are the same person. And I love that. <laughs> I love all of her little... Well, we don't. Ha- I don't have a sister, so I don't have a sister that wants to move her family to like this Hallmark town in Tennessee or wherever it was. I do love how she uh, doesn't like staying over people's houses because her 12-step skincare routine is too hard to pack and travel with. I agree with that. (laughs) I like how her party trick is figuring out how expensive the clothes people are wearing because that's all I do whenever I'm in New York or Vegas. I just sit there on my phone and I Google what people are wearing and I like to see how expensive it is. (laughs) And I love how even she was just like, I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. I missed my Peloton. I was like, I would do. (laughs) And I like bigger things, how she didn't change for anyone, not the man in the book, not her sister. She just was like, I'm going back to New York, and that's what I'm doing, and he came to her. Favorite Emily Henry book right there. I actually really liked Beatread. I do specifically remember a, um, a one-star Goodreads review that said, not once did I sit on a beach and read. <laughs> <laughs> I love one-star Goodreads reviews, though. I do, too. I'll never write one because I'm never, I'm not going to be as funny as these people. And also I feel bad, but they are funny. No, I like that one a lot, actually. I think if I had to rank them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I want to know. I want to know. I want to, I actually, I feel like Book Lovers is last and it's just because of the sister thing. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I'm clocked out with the sister trope because I just feel like it's been, it's, it's like, it's everywhere. It's been done. It's been done. Whatever. Yeah. So I feel like Book Lovers, all of these are still five star books. Like we're like, yeah, I'm like. Picking hairs here. What is it called? <laughs> Nitpicking. <laughs> picking hairs. <laughs> I'm picking gray hairs right now. So, um, book lovers. I have people we meet on vacation on my list, but I actually feel like people we meet on vacation is next. Oh. And, and then Beatread, because I kind of forgot about it, but that is one of my favorite ones. And then Happy Place. I feel very connected to Happy Place because okay. it takes place at like a lake house that a bunch of friends always go to every summer. And the couple, in, you know, like the girl and the guy, they had broken up, but they have to kind of like pretend like they're not broken up for the sake of the trip. There's like a friend that's with them who's very like type A, and I think her family owns the, the lake house. And she like wants everything to go really perfectly. And she's like planning everybody down to like a thing. And it's like a, just a really like fun, diverse friend group all at like a lake house. And my husband's family has a lake house. So the concept of like having the lake house be like your happy place and then have there's like dual timelines where it's like you're back in real world and it, the chapters are literally called like real world happy place or and i thought that was really fun and i read that book in like a day and a half so is that one on your list it's not i had people we meet on vacation on my list but i feel like happy place is, is better okay yeah that's why we have these conversations i like people we meet on vacation because i like a dorky lead guy I think I don't like, I didn't like Beach Read or maybe people we meet on vacation. I don't know. I kind of like sometimes blend them in my head. Mm-hmm. I think they weren't my favorites just because I wasn't in love with the uh, the lead male. I liked Charlie. That's a good pairing of names, Charlie and Nora. I'm not a big romance reader, but I do feel like, I always call it like bubble, gra- bubble gum. Like it's just nice like mm-hmm. to have something, like you said, like it's just like yeah. you don't really think about anything. You're just here for a good time kind of thing it's just it's fun and we all we all know what's gonna happen like we all know but like there's you know twists and turns along the way that you don't know are gonna happen it's all of this conversation we're just describing like the environment that the book takes place in really like, yeah that's part of it yeah 
I liked, I think I like Book Lovers a lot, too, because Nora's just, like, so headstrong mm. and just does whatever she wants. It's like, will she get her romantic, happy ending? I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Some are just like, yeah, like, they're going to fall in love, and it's Hallmark, and it's great, and I just need that comfort right now, but sometimes... That's why I love Emily Henry so much, too, because I feel like they all have a little bit of that aspect where it's, it's bu- if it's bubblegum, it's Hallmark, it's fun, and then there's, like, always a little bit of, like, you have to think about it, or, like, oh, we're going to learn a lesson here. The characters have some, like, oomph to them. If they're just on paper, they're not just superficial, and, like, not saying that in a bad way, because sometimes a romance that you can read in 24 hours, and... You know, mm-hmm. nothing bad happens there is what you need. But I just, yeah. I love a good romance that has a, a solid plot and story to it. And that's why I really like romance and fantasy too. Which you call Alex and Darlington romance? I don't know. Like, we need the third book. Well, we need the third book. <laughs> we need the third book. But it has enough of it that it just like, it adds to the story. And then they also, the fantasy aspect adds to it too. Cause there's like other things going on. They have other things to do besides each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I want fantasy more than I want romance. Yeah. But I you don't know? just want fantasy. No. Sometimes. Like, I mean, in the 10,000 doors of January, she, she wasn't doing anybody. She, she had a- like a little crush. Yeah. But he she was, was a little cobbler, and he came to save her. It was really cute. Yeah. But, yeah, Which, it wasn't, like, spice at all. It was just, no. like, a boy. <laughs> right. Which is cute. Did we go through all of yours? I have um, The Starless Sea on my list by Erin Morgenstern, who is another author who I think has only written, like, two books, which is Night Circus and Starless Sea, both of which are five stars for me. But I think in terms of book that I think about a lot more, The Starless Sea... I have no idea what happened in the Starless Sea. I don't know where I am. I don't know what happened. Like, if you ask me to recap what happened, I don't know. I just know that we were in a library, I think, and it was magical. And underneath of the library, there was a sea, I think, and it was magical. But I love the vibe of that book. And I, like, think about what, like, how I pictured the library wherever... Someone's going to be like, it wasn't at a library. I don't know. <laughs> okay, what I was here for, the vibes. What I pictured that space to look like in my brain, I'm like, I want to go there. So I think about that all the time. It's a magic library. I love magic. I love libraries. I just, I miss it. <laughs> I think that world building is a big part of a fantasy book. Because if the world sucks. Or even if the world is good, but then we don't do anything with it. Yeah. Then I don't want to read it. Night Circus is another book that I have not read. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Night Circus is another book that I have not rated on Goodreads. I tried to read it twice. I still have the bookmark in it from the second time around. I got pretty far, but I think nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see why people would love it. I, I can see it's a gr- very well written. Maybe I'll try it again, but two times and I just don't know if I'm ever going to finish it. I like the idea of, like, books being good but not for you. I yes. feel like yeah. I've typically, like, rated those books, like, three or four stars because I'm just like, this is a good book. It's just, like, it wasn't my good book. Yeah, I have, I do look in the past at my Goodreads reviews and, like, there's some books that sometimes opposite of what we're talking about right now, I think almost daily about how bad they are. <laughs> And then I look and I'm like, why did I rate this a three if I read it two years ago and I'm still thinking about how horrible it is? Mm-hmm. So then I have to go back and make my honest opinion. And I'm sorry. 
I'll read a book low and don't remember anything about it. And then I'm like, well, should I reread it? Like some I things. don't remember anything about it, there is a reason I don't remember anything about it. That's true. Yes. Even, it, like, I might not remember every little detail of, like, books we're talking about right now, but I still think about it almost every day. Yeah. I am I'm really big on, like, blacking out after I finish a book. Like, oh, yeah, same. And I'm like, where? I don't know. Deadly Education is one of those books that, like, I will not stop talking about because I'm, like, obsessed with it. January is one of those books. Sometimes I'll finish a book and I'll give it four stars. I'm like, it was good. And then you're like, what is, what, what did you just read? Like, Dave will do that a lot. My husband will be like, what did you just read? But like, how was your book? And I'm like, that was good. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I think after his not still reading Darker Shades of Magic that I've been, we've been trying to get our husbands to read. Because silly us for thinking they would enjoy something. <laughs> Go figure. And he won't read it. But he loved Deadly Education, and he, like, he's always talking about Deadly Education series. I was so excited that he, like, read that, too, because he's not a big reader. But it's kind of fun when we both have a book, because we'll, like, lay in bed and we have our little lights on, and, like, we'll read in book like books in bed. And then, you know, like, it's a little more exciting to go to sleep like that instead of, like, watching TikToks until yeah. 2 a.m. So I always like when we both have a book, but it's it's hard to get him into books. It's hard yeah. to get Evan into books. I He knows it, because... The other night, he's like, I don't really read, and what I have read is Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. I feel like so, people group them together, but they are very different books. They, no, they're very different, <laughs> but they're both, I mean, I, I haven't read Game of Thrones, so I can't say, but they're That's both. so funny, because what I conceive of your bookshelf right now. Harry Potter and Game Harry of Thrones. Yeah, they, they have their own shelves. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, he, he, from what he says, it's like, they're both so dense, the world is just so big, and there's so many characters, and there's so many things going on that, like, he compares a lot. He's comparing everything to those, and I'm just like, you can't do that. Each, you close a yeah. book, then you have to open a new one, and it's something totally different and new. Yeah. It's, I feel like I have all these, per, like, parameters, things that I love in books and things that I do not love. Like, there's certain things that I'll, I'll, like, read on the back of a cover. Like, first of all, I do judge books by their covers. That's why they have covers. Agreed. But second of all, I'll pick up a book and, like, read the back of it. And there's certain things that I'll just be like, no, thank you. I'm not really big into straight historical fiction. Especially if it's, like, trying to be fantasy, and it'll be, like, in London, 1842. I'm like, no, it didn't happen in London, and I'll, like, put it down. Although, mm. yes. <laughs> that London just, is a bad example. You, you just <laughs> described a darker shade of <laughs> But it was a fantastical London, okay? Like, okay, it's not okay. trying to pretend like it's, like, during the London Blitz. I'll never pick up a book that's dystopian. Hunger Games. Not You've never me. read Hunger Games? Never. Mm -mm. I just reread it. It's pretty good. It holds up. I I can't. I mean, I might read Handmaid's Tale. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I'll watch it. I, I feel like Handmaid's Tale is not for me. Like, it's one of those yeah. things that, like, I feel like it's very good, but it's not, it's not something I want to read. Right. Right. I'm not into space. The, the spaciest books that I have read... Or The Martian, and that's just because I really love that movie, despite the fact that it's vaguely about space. Same, same. I want to read about magic on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magic with Earth. I don't know. That's honorable mentions? Um, my honorable mentions were Ninth House, but it was already on your list. And Would it I be on your list? About I feel like I would have forgotten about it. I feel okay. like it's not in my top five. Okay. It's in my top ten, though. Okay. 
I don't know what the other six are in the top ten, <laughs> but Ninth House is one of them. <laughs> Got it. And Harry Potter. Oh, Harry yeah. Potter's my my favorite uh, one through six. Mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets is trash, and what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get into that on another yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. What are your honorable mentions? Um, I did Broken Girls by Simone St. James. Um, I could not put in the time to research that and just refresh because I lent it to my brother-in-law and he still has it. Simone St. James is very good at paranormal, but mystery. Like, it's not spooky, but it kind of is. Like, there's always ghosts and I love ghosts. So, like, I absolutely love it. I think that book... Very well done, very well written. She's a must-read author for me, just because I like her writing so much. It has everything that I want in it. But then also, Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager. Another must-read author for me, though. Sometimes I'm like, okay, that was interesting. Not always a five-star, but I do like his work so much that I always have to read it. I actually always recommend that one because I never guessed. I never guessed how it ended at all and that is the one mystery that i did that for i'm gonna have to throw in there another one which is the kingdom of the wicked series by carrie maniscalco because i love that series and i've only read the last one once so i kind of have to reread that one now i i read that sisters request yeah sisters i liked it i think i gave it all four stars you did people really don't like the third one really yeah like, i don't I've remember it. gosh of, like, i don't i honestly talk. don't remember it i my thing is if i reread a series this sounds awful, but I can only spend so long in that world. By the so I read reread the first one and the second one, and then when the third one came out, I read it immediately. This has nothing against the book, but I was just like, hmm, I'm kind of tired of being here. I feel like the so like on Book Talk, people really don't like the third one. Hmm. I read them all in one go. Yeah, I got a little box set. I do kind of see that like they the argument was that it loses the plot, <laughs> or the plot like jumped the shark a little bit. So I'll have to reread it. I'll have to see. Because there are things that I pick up when I reread things. Yeah. And maybe Book Talk just only read it once. Maybe. I'll let you all know. <laughs> we'll do a book report when you're yeah. done. It is very, like, rereading to, like, think of things critically like that. Because when I'm reading something for the first time, I'm just, like, here for the vibes. Oh, yeah. And especially not, like, if it, like, has me. I'm so bad. I spoil shit for myself all the time. Because I, like, look look. <laughs> Oh my god, I never. <laughs> I wish I didn't. That is such a toxic trait of mine. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sometimes if I'm really, like, really hating something or I'm just, like, not into it, I will, like, skip ahead to see, like, how many pages there are. Not so much now that yeah. I've been on Goodreads. Beforehand, I would be like, all right, so there's 299 pages. I'm on page 152. Like, okay, here we go. Like, but And then I would spoil stuff for myself by, like, accidentally reading words that you're on the last page of. Um, yeah. But I do not do that. I'm very... Sometimes, if you're in the middle of a chapter, right or the end of a chapter and you see that the, like the next page is like where the chapter ends and you're in the drama i will like hold me i love that i'm i'm horrible maybe that's why i never like i always guess the plot twist actually no i try not to like do that because mainly when i flip forward i just look to see if another character comes up at some other point like do i care about this person or not or how far do i have until the next chapter or how far do i have until the next part mm-hmm I, I will do that. I will, like, skip ahead yeah. and see how many pages I have till the end of the chapters. Like, in the Atlas 6, sometimes there's, like, each chapter's from, like, a different character's perspective. I need to read that. You do. And sometimes, like, there's one specific character that I really can't stand, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's a very hot take, because I think everyone doesn't like him. But when we're in his chapters, I'm like, oh, where am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did a great job. I think we did all of our favorite books in justice. Yeah. I... The outro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, I can do it. <clears throat> I have acting class. 
Yes, yes, you do. I don't. I'm just a blob. No, you're doing great. Okay, besties, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Paperback Besties with Rachel and Callan. Tune in next week where we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite book tropes. All right, besties. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you Monday with another episode. Bye. Bye.